Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. It's good to be here. Um, and it is always good. Like, we were, like, you know when you like a church, when you don't just come when you're preaching? Um, we were here a few weeks ago uh, when I had a Sunday off, um, and it was good to be here. Uh, Becky and Judah are gutted not to be here. Um, we had a crazy weekend, basically. Um, we won't go into that. Um, but Judah is recovering, um, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, but yeah, we, we love you guys, not just because actually... Um, we get to come and preach here or anything like that, but we connect well with Dan and Holes. It's great to be we're great friends with them. We catch up regularly with Dan. Uh, but also you guys, whether you know it or not, um, actually we're one of the first churches apart from our sending church in Hesham to actually stand with us as we stepped into Partner Heart Church. You guys gave us a financial gift that helped us with our branding and stuff like that. And we're really grateful for that, to have you guys um, standing uh, with us. Uh, it does uh, make a difference. It's really encouraging uh, for us. But I just want to also say, you know, sometimes you can get, uh, when something's good all the time, you start to take it for granted, yeah? I think that's sometimes what we can do when we have people in our midst who are really high caliber. And I would say your pastors, and I'm not just saying this because they're sat on the front row and I want to make them feel good and butter them up and not at all. These guys are high caliber. Well, some of you seem to agree. <laughs> I think they are. Maybe it's because I'm from a distance. I don't know. But I think you guys don't take for granted who your pastors are, who are leading you as a church. Don't take them for granted. These guys are high caliber. Like, I get proper excited when I get to catch up with Dan and find out what's happening in the life of uh, this church. Like, I remember the Wesleyan Community Center days pre-COVID. And boy, you guys have upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> I have some serious venue envy right now. <laughs> but I'm proper excited when I, when I hear what God is doing and, and this next season, what does this next season holds for you guys? You know, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This, you've not reached the destination yet. You're on the journey and I believe this is not the beginning, but God has something incredible for you as a church. Your future is going to be significant. You're going to, I, I genuinely believe, I'm not just saying this because I'm here, I genuinely believe you're going to have a significant influence on the far coast and beyond. That as lives are individually transformed, but actually you're going to be a catalyst that's going to see this region transformed in every single sphere. Seeing culture and society, seeing the arts and businesses transformed as you guys take one step at a time, just being obedient to God. Yeah. Like you are on the verge of something and I'm excited. This, this don't rest here because you're back and you've got a nice venue, but get ready to step into all that God has for you. I could keep going. <laughs> Who's ready to receive something from God's word this morning? Yeah. Well, the front row are, so uh, I'll just preach to you guys this morning. <laughs> Who's ready to receive something from God this morning? Hopefully you're not here. <laughs> Hopefully you're not just here because you've like, oh, I've got some comfy seats now and we're in a nice venue. Hopefully you're here because someone's invited you, maybe your first time or whether you've been coming for years. It's so good that you are here. And I'm really pumped uh, this, uh, to be jumping into your series, looking at foundations. And I've, I've been listening to the last two messages, so I know I've got a standard to live up to. I've listened to the last two messages this week. Um, and 
it's so good to be here. So far, you've looked at that. It's over to you, looking at chapter one, a new way to be human in chapter two. And this morning's message is, let's take this outside. And no, I'm not offering you a fight. But, <laughs> but let's take this outside as we delve into chapter three. Hopefully, you've been, uh, as Dan's been encouraging you, Dan, uh, you've, been, you've read this passage already. If, you, if it's your first time, that's cool. But if, it's, if not, if you haven't read it, why haven't you read it? Because hopefully my privilege today is I get to build on what you've already been, been, God's already been speaking to you this week. And if it is your first time here, stick around because I love these guys and I'm sure you guys will too. As you stick around and find home here, like stick around. So let's really run over the story quickly. So you've got Peter and John. So we just come off the back of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is descending on the disciples. And Peter and John are now just going back into their kind of routine. But now the difference is they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're on their way to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now you need to know that they, generally in the Jewish tradition, you would go to the temple three times a day. You'd go at nine o'clock in the morning, 3, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and then you would go at sunset. And it was part of your religious spiritual routine in how you would go and pray and encounter God. And so they're on their way for the 3 p.m. They've probably already been that day. They're there for the 3 p.m. prayer gathering. And if, 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 I have to say, though, if they are arriving at 3 p.m. and they're just at the gate, they're late. And I'm, I'm sure this isn't something to say about Light Church, but... If you're arriving at 11 o'clock to arrive for church, you're late. So can I, I'm probably not for a light church. I'm sure it's just, I'm just at Hesham and other churches, but I'm sure at light church, you never arrive just, on, just a bit later. But if you do, just maybe you want to get here a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm visiting. I can say what I want. <laughs> But anyway, so they're rocking, up to the, they're rocking up to the temple and they're going to the gate, which is called the beautiful gate. And it doesn't take much imagination to think about this gate because the reason it was called the beautiful gate was because it was beautiful. Um, and so they were walking up to this gate. It, would have been a, it was one of the favored gates because a lot of people would go through this gate. And there was this man there, this lame man. He'd been lame since birth, the passage tells us. And he was brought to this gate every single day to beg for money. So every single day, some friends of his would come and pick him up and dump him by the sort of beautiful gate, maybe a bit more gentle than that, but they would, they would take him there and he would be there just to get some money. There's no welfare state, no one else is going to suddenly help him out, but he's there to earn some money because he couldn't earn any money in a conventional way. So he's there day in, day out, just trying to put some food on the table by begging at the temple gate. And he's got the prime spot. So the beautiful gate is probably the most popular gate. But on top of that, Jews are known uh, as part of their sort of religious, righteous routine was actually if I give to the poor, that's going to sort of earn me some favor with God. And so it was like, you've got all these Jews coming to the gate and he sat there. He's got like the prime spot. I'm sure the other beggars were kind of envious of, of him. But anyway, so he's, they're walking through the gate and he sort of asked them for some money. And Peter and John look at him and, it, and, and, it's, and, and Peter, Peter says to him, look at me. I love that he's personal. He looks at him and says, look at me. So he looks in the eyes and this guy's pretty got his hands out expecting them to put some gold or silver in his, in his hand. But they say, and this is what Peter says, silver and gold have I not, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And just like that, Peter picks him up by his hand, his ankles are strengthened, his legs are strengthened, and he then gets to walk into the temple and dance and leap and praise God as a result of the miracle that's just happened in his life. That's awesome, Right? That's awesome. That is the power of the name of Jesus. 
And so anyway, so then, then he goes into the temple courts, he's praising God, and other people then start to recognize him. Other people start to go, isn't that the guy that's always sat by the gate? I'm sure there's probably a few people going, I'm sure I just gave that guy some money. Uh, <laughs> but he's there and, he, and, and like, he's praising God and people start to recognize him. And then the rest of the chapter, if you've not read it, go and read it. Basically, it's Peter um, being questioned and, and Peter explaining what has just happened. And then in chapter four, you start to real, see the consequences of sometimes stepping out um, in faith with God. Uh, it's not always easy. But as Dan said in previous uh, weeks, actually, we need to know when, when the Bible is being prescriptive and when it's being descriptive. When it's telling us what to do, it's being prescriptive. It's trying to help us step into our future. It's trying to help us grow and be all that God wants us to be in with sort of direct instructions for us. And when it's being descriptive, it's describing an event. And there are many events in the Bible that are very descriptive and we need to make sure we know the descriptive, otherwise we can get ourselves on some quite dodgy ground. But, and this is a descriptive passage. And so, how, so when you get to a descriptive passage, you have to start asking the questions like, what can we observe about God and what's going on in this situation that will help us be what that God is calling us to be? So I've got two observations this morning. I'll just bring to you, as I bring this message, let's take this outside. So the first one is this, let's take it outside of our spiritual routine. I want to encourage you in your, your walk with God to expect interruptions. To, to, you see, when Peter and John, they're just carrying out their usual routine, their, their usual habits. Like, this is not unhealthy stuff that they're doing. These are great spiritual habits. No one's going to have a go at them for going to the temple three times a day to pray and encounter God. It's good for, that they are doing that. Like, it's good for you to have healthy habits. It's good for you to have habits like reading your Bible, like praying, like giving, like serving, like being present in gatherings and actually being present, not just being here, but really engaging and, and leaning in. It's good to be part of groups. It's good for all of those are great spiritual habits that will help you be all that God has designed you to be. And what we see here is that Peter and John, as they're going about their spiritual habit, they're interrupted. They're interrupted. Now, how many times in life do we get interrupted and we kind of just brush it away and carry on with our own business? But they don't do that. They just walk, by, walk on by and try and avoid the interruption. And because they don't do that, this lame man's life is transformed forever. We can so often get caught up in our spiritual routines, get so caught up in our calendar, our timesheet, my way of doing things, that we, we, we start, start to actually miss out on the God-given appointments and opportunities that God puts before us. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I get so caught up maybe sometimes with church that it's all about Sundays. Like there are times in life where for me, it's just like, I can't wait to get back to church on a Sunday. That I'm not actually present Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because it's all about these 90 minutes. Like that's when I'm going to meet God. That's when I'm going to get fired up. That's when I'm, my face going to really sort of show itself is on a Sunday morning. Anyone else been there? Well, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be there. Now, <laughs> now don't get me wrong. There is something beautiful and powerful, as we've already experienced this morning, when the people of God come together and gather together like this. There is something beautiful and powerful when that happens. And I, like, don't get me wrong, that, that is true. Like online virtual gatherings and stuff like that, like you guys smashed out of the park and some of you are probably only here because of YouTube and Instagram. Like that has a place, but it's not the same. 
It's not the same. Like how much have you missed seeing people face to face and being able to worship and not just be able to hear your own voice, especially if you're me because my voice is, leaves a lot to be desired. Like you guys drown me out. It's great. <laughs> like how much have we missed that and being in the atmosphere of faith together? But what I want to, this is something that's really challenging this week is we are right now, I believe as the church, in a prime position to start to believe the lie that it's all about Sundays. We're in a prime position right now to be, start to think, oh, it's all about this. Because we've missed it for so long, we, and maybe in the past we took it for granted, but we're in a prime position to believe the lie that it's just about this. It's just about these 90 minutes, these moments together, powerful and transformational, vital as they might be. Let me let you know, church, it's not just about this. We've got to take this outside because surely if it's just about these 90 minutes, then what about the other 166 hours in my week? Are they void of purpose? Does God not want to use me there? Does God not want me to encounter him and and see others encounter him through my life in those other 166 hours? I know you're probably sleeping for quite a lot of those, but do you know what I'm saying? It's not just about Sundays. Let's take it outside. Yes, fall more in love with Jesus. Yes, we want to love his church, but let's not believe the lie that it's all about Sundays. What if we truly start to grasp afresh and realize the power that God wants to work through us that he's not confined to just working in a church gathering. He's not just confined to working in your spiritual routines. Peter and John, they're on the way to the temple. They're on the way to church. It's not in the temple. It's not in the gathering that this man's life is transformed. It's not in the gathering that they're powerfully used by God. And this week I've been challenged afresh. Say, look, I've got to take my faith outside. It's been great gathering together physically and we want to be present and be part of that. But I can't just live in this space. I've got to carry what happens in this space out to my world. Do I have the mindset that wherever I might be, I might get interrupted? That I might, God might want to use me. When I'm standing at the school gates, yes, I know I don't look old enough. He's only been there two weeks. When I'm standing at the school gates, there's no need to laugh, Will. <laughs> or Tom Hanks, sorry. Um, <laughs> when I'm at the school gates, am I open to God using me? When I'm working, when I'm playing sports, shopping at the gym, whatever it might be, doing one of Holly's IG lives, or whatever it might be, when we're parenting, when we're at school, college, uni, whatever, basically anywhere we might be, whatever space we might occupy, God wants to use you. And as you go, fill with the Holy Spirit. If you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, as we were looking at last week. Whatever place we might be, God wants to use you. How many times we see Jesus going from place to place. Someone touches him and their life's transformed. Someone cries out for mercy and their life's transformed. And you go, oh, well, yeah, that was Jesus. But here we see Peter and John going through the routine, the mundane, and God uses them. And these aren't perfect guys. They're broken, they're messed up, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're on the back of this incredible encounter where where God, rather than being external, is now living inside of them. God, the Holy Spirit. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead was now filling their lives. 
And if you said yes to Jesus, that same spirit now lives inside of you. Now, yes, we've got to be continually filled. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You go as a carrier of life, of joy, of hope, of faith, of Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, expect interruptions. Don't despise interruptions. Embrace them. Let them invade your routine and see what God might do through you. Start to realize that God, yes, is interested in what happens here. But let's open our eyes as we leave this place and know that you are going on mission. God has called you to not just come to this place, but to go from this place. Our God is a, a God of mission, of expansion, of growth. Yeah. Now, yes, that can happen here, but it happens far more effectively when we all go and we all go in the power of the spirit into every single sphere. The reality is I can stand here. I don't know half the people that you know. Dan and Holly don't know everyone that you know, everyone that you have influence over, every connection that you have. If you were to utilize them and you were to start inviting people to church or inviting people to come to know Jesus or just to start sharing your faith in your actions, whatever it might be, you know what? All these chairs would start to be filled pretty quickly. This is the God that we believe in. What can God do for you tomorrow? as you go from this place as a person of faith, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's be careful in this moment not to idolize Sunday gatherings. Let's be careful not to make it all about Sundays. I'm not saying they're not important. It's great that you're here this morning. These are important. Prioritize them in your diary. But we go from this place. Second observation. Let's take this outside, outside of your expectations. If I'm honest, this has been a point, I, I, when I first started looking at this on Monday morning, I had these two points kind of dangling there and both of them sort of resonated. The first one kind of wrote quite easy for me. And this one's been a process. And it's been like every single day this week, I've been trying to grapple with this. And then yesterday morning, I was sat at home on my own with just me and the dog. And uh, I was like, mind blown as I started looking at this again. Like how many times I read this passage and gone, oh, sick, like this man, like just like that, this, this lame man's healed. How many times have I heard this story? This guy day in, day out, week in, week out, sat outside the temple, just trying to put food on the table. I started to think about this. For this guy, his agenda for that day, his ask, his, his want for that day was simply just to be able to get some food put some clothes on his back and to pay his bills. He's probably got no hopes, no dreams really. I mean, it might be deep down this deep seated dream that one day he might be able to walk, but he's not been able to walk since birth. So it's probably not that alive in him. He's, there's probably not a lot of hope that this might be the day that he might be able to enter the temple under his own steam. There's probably not a lot of hope for this guy in life. He's probably not, there's not a lot of hope thinking, oh, maybe one day I'll be able to go and earn my own money start my own business, have my own ambitions. Each day for me, it's going to look the same. Seeing these hairy legs walk past me as I walk into the temple. Seeing these people just wander past me. And some of them might reach out and give me a little bit of money. But most of the time, they'll just look right past me and walk into the temple. I can't imagine there was much hope for him. And you see, the reality is for this guy, 
He didn't need to be sat outside the temple. Now, there are some people that you could become ceremonially unclean and stuff like that, which would sometimes bar you from going into certain areas of the temple or even going in at all. But actually, by the law, so by God, there was no reason why lame people couldn't enter into the temple. No reason at all. Yet the issue was that culture had meant that he was being left outside. Culture of the day meant that actually if you were disabled, if you were lame in any way, then you got looked down upon, you got shoved to the side, you were left outside. He could have gone into the temple if someone had carried him, obviously, or he'd crawled in or whatever. But actually the culture and society had left him excluded, had left him outside. There's two things in this. Firstly, don't limit God. You see, we can so often be like this lame man. Like we're just going about a daily business and all we want is just to go through the daily grind. And we might be longing for something. We just long for that. For him, it's probably longing for that silver and gold to make sure that that day he could feed himself. Just needed to survive. I mean, it's important, isn't it? Like he needs food. But his deepest need of true healing and restoration and society being included, being welcomed into the family of God, being able to go and meet with God. Remember that the temple was the place where God would dwell in the minds of the Jews. Now this shifted obviously after Pentecost, but their mindset was that this is where God dwells. So if I want to go into the presence of God, I have to get to the temple. I have to get myself in there if I'm going to pray, if I'm truly going to be able to encounter in the real presence of God. You know, so often in life, I don't know about you, but one thing this challenged me about is we often come to God with a problem. And sometimes it's a small problem. God cares about every single problem in our life. God cares about everything that we care about. But so often we come with this one thing and it's all about this one thing. And, and if you're like me, you kind of prescribe to God how he needs to answer that prayer. So God, I want this answer and this is the only real answer because God, I know best and you don't. So I get my box and say, God, I want you to, I want breakthrough in this area. I want you to move in power in this area. But this is how you've got to do it. Anyone else been like that? Some of you are lying. <laughs> so many times I box God in. I limit God. This guy, he, he's, his hope, understandably, is just about this. Give me that money. But actually, his mind, his hopes all thrown out the window when he's provided in a whole new way. Yeah. I want to encourage you that, yes, come before God. Yes, we want to come before God in prayer. Like, it's awesome. If that's what you're already doing, let's come before God. He cares. He will provide. He is the God of breakthrough. He is the God of miracles. But please know, it might not be the miracle in the way that you might be expecting. So don't limit God. God will always provide but in his way. And the more I realize that his ways are higher, his ways are better than my ways, the less I limit God, actually we start to realize who I am. And I don't understand everything, but I know a God who does. Don't limit God. And the second thing is, Jesus alone is the answer to your deepest need. Jesus alone is the answer to your deepest need. 
Notice whose power accomplishes this miracle. Is it the lame man? Well, clearly not. He's not even thinking about a miracle. Is it Peter and John? Well, you could say, well, they had, they had that level of faith and they were obedient to God and there is power in that, but no. The miracle happens in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The miracle happens in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When they're using this, they're invoking the power that comes in the name of Jesus. The apostles, Peter and John, this healing that comes comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, not by their own power. And Peter explains this more as you read the rest of the chapter. But I want you to know this morning that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to save you from your sin. There's power in the name of Jesus so you can fully know that you are fully forgiven. There's power in the name of Jesus to break the chains of shame and guilt this morning. There's power in the name of Jesus to break the chains of addiction. There's power in the name of Jesus to bring peace into your life when the storm seems to be raging. There's power in the name of Jesus to heal. This didn't just happen two millennia ago. It can happen today. There is power in the name of Jesus to bring hope. There's power in the name of Jesus to overcome darkness. There's power in the name of Jesus to use me to speak to you. Thank God. (laughs) There's power in the name of Jesus to see Light Church have a significant influence for the kingdom of God on the far coast and beyond. There is power in the name of Jesus. You know, it's really awesome, obviously, that this guy is healed. He now has purpose. He can walk. He can provide for himself. But this is what struck me yesterday. This lame man, where is he located? He sat outside of the temple. Every day, he would sit there. He would see everyone else at least three times a day going into the temple. That's not including everyone. He was just going in to do a bit of trade and everything else. See everyone else walking by, walk by. Undoubtedly, he'd hear them praying. He'd hear them worshiping God. He'd hear all that would happen in that temple and I know for sure he was probably going, man, wish I could be there. Wish I could be in the presence of God with these people. I wish I could come before God. I wish, I just wish that I could have that moment where, where I could stand there in the temple and I could bow before God and I could pray and I could worship. Yet instead he was sat outside. He was sat outside. Just there waiting for some money. Overlooked. Left out, counted out, not by God, not by the law, but by Jewish culture and custom of the time. Where they would all go in and they would present their sacrifices, they would say their prayers, they would go for their festivals, and yet he was sat outside. You know, we see his response. His response is, he's healed and he's given a hand up by Peter. But his first, and his first response is that he then goes into the temple and he's leaping and he's jumping and he's praising God. He, he's like, you can see that this guy has been absolutely like mind blown. Like he, his dream, that deep seated dream is now realized. This guy is just praising God and so grateful, so thankful. Why? 
I think, yeah, because he can heal and now he can jump. I, I think obviously that's a major part of what's gone in. But I believe that there's a deeper joy that happens here. Because actually for this guy, no longer is he just sat there on the outside. No longer is he sat there not able to encounter God. But now he himself can encounter God. He himself can come before God and pray. He himself can come and worship. Now, yes, things have changed. Acts 2 changes things. But we've got to remember the context where this is happening. He is now able to enter in and experience the fullness of what it means to be in relationship with God. And ultimately, I want to encourage you, church, ultimately, what will see your life transformed? What will see the foul coast transform? What will see your family transform? What will see your businesses and culture and society transformed? It's the name of Jesus. It's encountering Jesus. People encountering Jesus, the life-giving purpose, the, the, sorry, the life-giving person of Jesus and entering into relationship with him is only what can truly bring life, only truly what can transform life and can transform our nation and our region. Yes, this guy gets to use his legs for the first time ever in his life. But it means so much more than just being able to walk to the toilet or go to the shops. Though incredible, in his cultural understanding of what it looks like to fully encounter God and be in a relationship with God, he is now able to do so. He's now able to enter in, to fully enter into all that it means to have a relationship with God. Things have changed. It's not just about going to the temple or going to church. God's not limited to a gathering or a location. We can encounter him everywhere. No physical, spiritual or emotional brokenness. They don't count us out from encountering God. It may have done back then, but it doesn't anymore. In fact, God's in the business of using broken people. And Hopefully you're as thankful for that as I am, because otherwise we just wasted the last, I don't know how long I've been speaking for. But I want to say this morning, you might be here, and it's almost like for you, you feel like you're looking in from the outside. You're looking in and you're going, I, I wish I had their faith. I wish I had their hope. I wish I could have peace when everything seems to be going wrong, just like, that person. But actually, if you really knew what my past held, if you really knew my struggles, my brokenness, then I, I, I it's almost like you're counting yourself out of being able to fully enter in. You're counting yourself out. You, you're sitting on the outside, but you don't need to this morning, church, because there's power in the name of Jesus. And you can come in your brokenness and I'd like to say that God will always make you fully whole, but you'll probably always still walk with a limp. But there's true wholeness, true peace, true hope, true love in Jesus. Whatever you think counts you out, there is power in the name of Jesus. Whatever it might be, however big, however small, there is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus loves you. He is for you. And he is here right now saying, come back home. Come back home. 
And later on in this, uh, this time together, you're going to get an opportunity if you want to, to say yes. Say yes to that invitation. But if you've already said yes, or if you're going to say yes later on, I want you to know one thing this morning. That yes, we get to receive that wonderful hope. We get to receive Jesus. But you know you're then called. You're then called to take outside. You're then called. When you say yes to Jesus, you don't say yes, ah, oh, great, my issues are sorted. Or my sin's gone. Actually, what we get to go is, I'm home. Now it's my joy, my honor, my privilege to call others home too. And I want to encourage you that when you say yes to that call, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will see miracles. You will see lives transformed. And you will start to see things change. But please know that the greatest miracle of all is that miracle when we just say yes to Jesus. And we want to, I don't know about you, but I know Dan and Hull's heart is that firstly, we start to see this area transformed by people just coming home. People saying yes to Jesus. People being reunited in relationship with Jesus. Being set free from their sin and actually being able to embrace what it means to be in relationship with God. But it doesn't just happen on a Sunday. We've got to carry what God does in this place. What God does in your quiet times, in, in your spiritual habits, we carry it out and we take it outside and we see our world transformed. Not in my power, not in your power, but in the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Did the band want to come up? We're going to pray. Sorry, I probably should have warned you before. <laughs> There's going to be two moments of response. We're going to respond again in a moment. But I feel like, and if you want to say yes to Jesus in terms of coming to know him for the first time, I recommit that. We're going to give you an opportunity and we're going to take that moment, that incredible moment for you in a moment. In a moment, I keep saying a moment. But I feel that for Light Church at this moment, as you step into this new season, we've got an option. We've got a choice. We've got a decision to make. We can carry on just going through the spiritual routine. We can really focus on Sundays and make them incredible and that's really good to do. But I think, I sense that for many of us, our next step of obedience, and you know that's what following Jesus is about, just continual steps of obedience to Jesus, is just say, yes, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to take it outside. Whatever it might look like, in my workplace, in my family, in, in whatever space that you find yourself in tomorrow, in this next week, God, interrupt me. Give me opportunities. Fill me in that with your spirit that I might go in the name of Jesus Christ to be and do all that you want me to do. And so I want to ask you the question this morning, like church, are you in? Are you in? Are you, are you into this next step of obedience to take this outside of this room? 
Because this is great. I've loved being here. Hopefully you have too. But surely I'm going to get back in my car and I'm going to go about and then tomorrow morning I'll wake up and I'll go about my daily business again. And I want to go as someone with purpose. I want to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to see not just my life transformed as I keep saying yes to him. I want to see other lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. So are you in? Are you saying yes to taking this outside? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I I thank you that you are here. That there is power in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as each of us now have to make the decision to take this outside or to carry on again. God, I pray that the yeses, those, those decisions that are made in this place, would carry into this week and would make a difference, not just in our lives as we say yes to you, but actually we would start to be able to tell the stories of other people who say yes to Jesus, other lives that are transformed, other miracles that happen because of the wonderful, awesome, beautiful, powerful name of Jesus Christ. God, give us boldness. Give us courage. Fill us afresh of your spirit, God, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.